2 Samuel chapter 22, verse 1. And David spoke unto the Lord the words of this song in the day that the Lord delivered him out of the hand of all his enemies and out of the hand of Saul. This chapter is going back in time, right around the time that David became king. David sings during his entire life, so some of his songs are in these history books of his reign in Samuel, Kings, and Chronicles, but most of his songs are in the book of Psalms. 2. And he said, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. This means that we can hide inside the Lord. He is a shelter to us. Whenever you're in trouble, you can pray and just hide in the Lord through prayer. He will cover you with his wing and protect you. 3. The God who is my rock, in him I take refuge, my shield and my horn of salvation, my high tower and my refuge, my Savior, thou savest me from violence. You and I have been saved many times from violence, either in car accidents, sports accidents, times when we were on the street and there was a dangerous person approaching us, animal encounters. There's been lots of times where he has saved us from violence. Not to mention if someone wanted to harm us. A high tower is a place that you can watch from, and it's also a place where you're shielded from your enemies. God does shield us from our enemies, and our enemies are not really people. They're demons and the demonic forces that affect people. For praised, I cry, is the Lord, and I am saved from mine enemies. 5. For the waves of death compassed me, the floods of Belial assailed me. Belial is the devil. The devil does attack us. 6. The cords of Sheol surrounded me. The snares of death confronted me. Sheol is where people go when they die. But this is referring to paradise or Abraham's bosom, not hell. It's actually referring to where the people who loved God would go and wait for the Messiah to appear and then take them up to heaven on the day that he set the captives free. 7. In my distress I called upon the Lord, yea, I called unto my God, and out of his temple he heard my voice, and my cry did enter into his ears. When we call on the name of the Lord on earth, he can hear us in heaven. 8. Then the earth did shake and quake, the foundations of heaven did tremble, they were shaken because he was wroth. God gets angry when Satan attacks us. And that's why you can call on God for help, because he is on your side. 9. Smoke arose up in his nostrils, and fire out of his mouth did devour. Coals flamed forth from him. Sounds like a dragon, doesn't it? And dragons did exist. They're documented in the Bible in the book of Job. But here they're also documented in this psalm that dragons existed. It's saying that God can breathe fire just like a dragon can. 10. He bowed the heavens also and came down, and thick darkness was under his feet. Meaning that the Lord comes down on the clouds to be with us. God has come down in the clouds many times. That's why it's called the cloud of glory. He came in the form of a cloud many times, or on the clouds. And when Jesus ascended after he was crucified, when he ascended into heaven, after his resurrection, he ascended in the clouds. And the angels said at that time that he would return in the clouds. 11. He rode upon a cherub and did fly, yea, he was seen upon the wings of the wind. It's saying that God rides on the cherub. Now, cherubs are not the mythical naked babies that you see in pictures. Those naked babies are from Greek mythology. They're not 
a representation of what cherubs really look like. Cherubs in the Bible are the angels that attend the throne of God, and they also carry his throne when he moves around in his throne. In the Bible, cherubim are the angels that have wings. Not all angels have wings, but they also have human bodies. There's no naked angels in heaven, and when we go to heaven, we won't be naked either. Everybody has white robes. 12. And he made darkness pavilions round about him, gathering of waters, thick clouds of the skies. Just like in the book of Genesis, this verse also seems to be saying that space is made of water, not air. It's black and it's made of water. The firmament is the atmosphere in between heaven and earth. Above the firmament is space, which the Bible seems to say is made of dark water. 13. At the brightness before him, coals of fire flamed forth. He has fire at his throne. We'll also see this when Ezekiel has a vision of the Lord, he will see fire before the Lord's throne. 14. The Lord thundered from heaven, and the Most High gave forth his voice. His voice sounds like many thunders, and it's very scary. The Israelites heard his voice when he spoke to Moses on Mount Sinai. And there's other times when God speaks and his voice sounds like thunder in the Bible. 15. And he sent out arrows and scattered them, lightning and discomfited them. There were battles that the Israelites fought, and we just read about one of them a few chapters ago, where the angels were attacking people. God has his own army, and they use arrows too. And also his lightning strikes like arrows. 16. And the channels of the sea appeared. The foundations of the world were laid bare by the rebuke of the Lord at the blast of the breast of his nostrils. You know when your nostrils flare and you're breathing really heavy because you're angry? It's saying that when God is angry and he's breathing heavy through his nostrils, it makes the water get blasted from the ocean. We've already seen that with the Israelites crossing the Red Sea and then they crossed the Jordan and he made the water be escaped from the basin that it was in, in the river and in the sea. 17. He sent from on high he took me, he drew me out of many waters. This happened to Moses. Moses was drawn out of the water of the Nile by the Lord through the Egyptian princess who found him. Later on, Jonah is going to get drawn out of the water when the Lord has the great fish spit him out on the seashore. And David is saying that he was drowning in the waters of Saul's kingdom because Saul was trying to kill him. And the Lord drew David out of that turbulent water. 18. He delivered me from mine enemy most strong, from them that hated me, for they were too mighty for me. David said that Saul and his men were too mighty for David. David was a better fighter than Saul and his men, but David didn't want to fight, and that's why Saul and his men were mightier, because they did want to kill David, but he didn't want to kill Saul. However, the Lord took care of Saul for David. 19. They confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was a stay unto me. Saul confronted David, but God stood by David's side. 20. He brought me forth also into a large place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. David's kingdom became enlarged. It became wealthier, and David won battles and made alliances with his pagan neighbors because God favored him. 
21. The Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands hath he recompensed me. Because David didn't commit any murders, the Lord has rewarded him. However, David did murder Uriah, and the Lord punished him for that. But when David sang this song, up to that point he hadn't murdered anybody, because he didn't know Uriah's wife yet when he sang this song. 22. For I have kept the ways of the Lord, and have not wickedly departed from my God. And up to the point where David sang this song, he had been keeping the ways of the Lord. 23. For all his ordinances were before me, and as for his statutes, I did not depart from them. David always kept the Lord's law when Saul was following him, and that's why he refused to kill Saul or to betray Saul, because Saul was the anointed of the Lord. 24. And I was single-hearted toward him, and I kept myself from mine iniquity. David said that he kept himself from sinning because he was following the Lord. This is what you and I need to do too. We need to keep ourselves from sinning. We can't do this by willpower. We can only do it by faith. It takes faith to not sin, because you have to believe that Jesus in you is stronger than your urge to sin. And that's what overcomes that urge. But when you try to avoid sin in willpower alone without any faith, you'll fail. You'll definitely end up sinning. But David was a man of faith, and that's why he was able to resist temptation. 25. Therefore hath the Lord recompensed me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness in my eyes. Now, up to that point, he had never had filthy eyes, meaning he didn't look on money or women or anything that would cause him to sin. He did have wives, but he wasn't committing adultery. Later on, he actually allows his eyes to see Bathsheba when she was taking a bath, and that did cause him to sin. So we need to be careful what we look at. 26. With the merciful thou dost show thyself merciful. With the upright man thou dost show thyself upright. Meaning, if I show mercy to other people, then God will be merciful to me. If I show righteousness to other people, then God will show me his righteousness. 27. With the pure thou dost show thyself pure, and with the crooked thou dost show thyself subtle. Subtle means sly like a fox. David is saying, with those who are pure-hearted, who love you with a pure heart, you show them your pureness of heart, and you love them back. But to those who are evildoers, you are wise to them, and you are not tricked by them. 28. And the afflicted people thou dost save, but thine eyes are upon the haughty, that thou mayest humble them. Those who have diseases, and deformities, and poverty, and all those problems of life, God will save them. But those who think that they're better than others can look down on others. God will humble them. 29. For thou art my lamp, O Lord, and the Lord doth lighten my darkness. Jesus is the light, and the Father is the Father of lights. All light comes from God. 30. For by thee I run upon a troop. By my God do I scale a wall. David says only by the power of the Lord can he chase an army. Israelite warriors were runners. They could chase an army. And he says, only by the power of God could I climb a wall and leap over a wall. 31. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a shield unto all them that take refuge in him. His way is perfection. When we follow him, we're following in the steps of perfection, and he will protect us. 32. For who is God save the Lord, and who is a rock save our God? The Bible calls God a rock a lot. Earthly rocks we can chisel at, but God is rock that can't be chiseled. 
33. The God who is my strong fortress and who letteth my way go forth straight. 34. Who maketh my feet like hinds and setteth me upon my high places. A hind's feet is the feet of a deer. This is the image of a deer on its hind feet on a high rocky crag. 35. Who traineth my hands for war so that mine arms do bend a bow of brass. David says God trained him to fight. Now you and I fight in prayer. That's how we fight because our enemy is the demonic forces and we can fight against those forces anytime and we will have victory over the demonic forces when we fight in prayer. One time there was a dangerous person in the forest coming toward me and my dog, and I started shouting out prayers about Jesus and honoring his name as loud as I could. I was yelling super loud, and then I started singing songs about Jesus as loud as I could. My voice was barreling through the forest, and that man left. He couldn't tolerate the name of Jesus. One time, there was a witch who was praying near me, and I could hear that she wanted to pray to demons, and so I prayed silently that God would stop her, and he did. Long story short, she was stopped. In fact, she had to leave the building. She was so upset when I started praying. 36. Thou hast also given me thy shield of salvation, and thy condescension hath made me great. The shield of our salvation is Jesus Christ. The Father has given us that shield, Jesus himself. And Jesus condescended, he made himself low on earth in order to be our salvation. 37. And thou hast enlarged my steps under me, and my feet have not slipped. Meaning that we aren't going to fall off an edge because God broadens the path that we have to walk on so that we won't fall over the edge. 38. I have pursued mine enemies and destroyed them, neither did I turn back till they were consumed. David says he fought without any fear against his enemies, and he won because he had faith in God. And you and I can do the same thing through prayer. We can fight against any demonic force, and we will win through faith. 39. And I have consumed them and smitten them through that they cannot arise, yea, they are fallen under my feet. There's another verse in the Bible that says that God will put all of the demonic forces under the feet of Jesus. And if Jesus is alive in you, then those forces are under your feet as well by proxy because Jesus is in you. 40. For thou hast girded me with strength unto the battle. Thou hast subdued under me those that rose up against me. And yes, he does subdue our enemies. Have you ever been in a situation where somebody tried to get you fired? I have. And guess what? God subdued my enemies every time. He either took me and gave me a better job somewhere else, or he caused the person who was against me to quit or get fired every single time. 41. Thou hast also made mine enemies turn their backs unto me, yea, them that hate me, that I might cut them off. 42. They looked, but there was none to save, even unto the Lord, but he answered them not. Now David had to fight human beings in earthly battles, but you and I fight demonic forces in spiritual battles. So we will interpret this for ourselves as being spiritual battles and spiritual enemies. 43. Then did I beat them small as the dust of the earth. I did stamp them as the mire of the streets, and did tread them down. 44. Thou also hast delivered me from the contentions of my people. Thou hast kept me to be the head of the nations, a people whom I have not known serve me. David said that God also protected him against the complaints of the Israelites when they were not favoring David and not being loyal and faithful to him. 
and he made David the head of some of the pagans who lived around the Israelites. 45. The sons of the stranger dwindle away before me. As soon as they hear of me, they obey me. David says, the pagans obey my command, even though they're not Israelites. And this is all because of the Lord. 46. The sons of the stranger fade away and come halting out of their close places. He's saying that the pagans' sons won't challenge him in battle, and they hide. 47. The Lord liveth, and blessed be my rock, and exalted be the God, my rock of salvation. And that is Jesus Christ. 48. Even the God that executeth vengeance for me, and bringeth down peoples under me. And yes, God will execute vengeance. Every time that you and I have been hurt by someone, Jesus was there. He saw the whole thing. And vengeance is his. If somebody hurt us and they never repented, Jesus will get revenge on that person. It may be years later when you and I don't even know about it, but he will get revenge. 49. And that bringeth me forth from mine enemies. Thou liftest me up above them that rise up against me. Thou deliverest me from the violent man. From anyone who wants to harm us, God will deliver us from those people. That doesn't mean that life will be easy because people will still come against us. Not now, but there have been times in my life where people literally wanted to get me fired or cause me other great harm or destroy my reputation. There's been times where people have done these things, but God has always defended me. And in the end, I've always come out just fine. 50. Therefore, I will give thanks unto thee, O Lord, among the nations, and will sing praises unto thy name. So we can thank God forever for the rest of our lives. We can just keep thanking him that we're alive for all the things he's done for us, for all the times he saved our lives, because I know he saved your life too. There were times when you were a child or a young adult or maybe even yesterday when he saved your life from a car accident or something else. So we can constantly thank him for that. 51. A tower of salvation is he to his king and showeth mercy to his anointed, to David and to his seed forevermore. This is talking about the son and the father because all the he's are capitalized except for David's seed. A tower of salvation is he, Jesus, to his king, the father, and showeth mercy to his anointed, Jesus, to David and to his seed forevermore. His seed are all of those who follow the Lord. And that is the end of that song. And that concludes Second Samuel chapter 22.